what one has to expect in life is that there are going to be challenges and obstacles. Don't get blown over when they happen. Just know that that's part of life. And when you try to make any changes, that they're not going to be constantly um, in a positive direction, that there's going to be slippage. And if you expect it that way, then when they happen, again, it isn't going to ruin the day or the week or, you know, make you feel like you're a failure. And that allows you to keep moving forward. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss how do you handle setbacks as a couple? Sometimes expected, sometimes unexpected, but they will happen. Stay tuned. Hey, can you feel it? Do you want to make 2017 the best year yet for your marriage? Subscribe to the Hitch newsletter so you can stay up to date with the latest marriage information and tips from the leading experts. Go to hitchmag.com. There is a gray box on the right-hand side asking for your email address. Click subscribe and you're done. Again, that's hitchmag.com. You can click the newsletter link to see all the newsletters we offer, or you can fill out your email address in the subscribe box. Click the subscribe button and you're done. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original, the lovely, the talented Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. I think I just keep coming back because I love those compliments. Hi, you, Steve. How are you? I am great, and I will keep giving them so long as you keep coming back. Okay. so Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this and much more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Um, and of course, on our website, hitchmag.com. Uh, so today we are going to talk about dealing with setbacks, or I suppose you could slightly reframe it uh, as to dealing with adversity. Um, and so really to kind of set this up, I'm going to give a couple scenarios and then we'll get into it. Uh, so one scenario might be something along the lines of you want to lose weight this year, uh, but you hurt your back. And so you're not sure when you're going to make that recovery um, and be able to actually lose the weight that you uh, were hoping to lose. Or uh, you want to save more money this year, uh, but your car broke down just as you really started feeling your mojo. And now you spent all that money that you'd saved. Is there a mindset, Karen, that can help prepare couples for when they're faced with this type of setback and specifically uh, when they have a goal or expectation and it goes off track? Well, I, I think that there is an absolute mindset that couples or individuals can have. Uh, and that mindset is that shit happens, you know, that there are challenges in everybody's life. Um, sometimes 
some people have more challenges. Sometimes some people have more difficult challenges or many challenges at once. I don't believe there's anybody that gets through life without some kind of challenge. And I think that there's no way to possibly be prepared for them. Otherwise, we wouldn't call them challenges. Um, the only control that we have over them is how we react to them. So you can get yourself all twisted and get yourself all upset, or you can try to flow with them and uh, bring your best game to the situation. It depends on how you think about it, how you reframe it, whether you can use some humor about it, um, because that is going to make it um, more easy to deal with depending on on how you deal with it. So really, it's just accepting that, as you put it, shit happens. So reframing in a, in a po- more positive or jovial or just a accepting manner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, does Now, if we're talking about marriage goals, uh, say you want to go on a regular date night this year and you're unable to get a babysitter, um, how can you make sure that this doesn't spiral into failure or, you know, whenever you hit um, one of these speed bumps – that it doesn't just take you off track because the inertia of what you've typically done, you just slide right back into that role. Well, I think that, you know, in that kind of an example, what you'd have to do is look to see, you know, is there a pattern? If this is something that happens once in a while, again, you have to just sort of go with it. But if you see that week after week after week, the Um, plan that you had keeps getting set off by something, then you have to step back and say, okay, why is that happening? You know, is it an unrealistic goal? You know, uh, is our plan, let's say, I'm going to be ridiculous now, but are we planning to go out at six o'clock on a Wednesday night and that's ridiculous because that's dinner hour for the kids. So of course it's unlikely that that's going to happen. But you know, it may mean looking back and altering your plans, coming up with a different date night, coming up with a different way to do date night, coming up with um, somebody else who's a different babysitter. So, you know, again, if it happens once in a while, then you just have to say again that, okay, you know, we have to regroup and, you know, let it go. Um, and there's always next week or there's next time or whatever, and let's make the best out of it. But if it happens as a pattern, and I consider three times a pattern, then um, you have to step back and say, okay, let's, let's look at this and see what it is that can be changed so that maybe we can get this back on track, you know, or more the way we'd like it to. It, when you're talking about, you know, letting it go and then coming back to it, is this kind of what people talk about when they talk about grit, the stick to of stuff like this, or is that something different? I think it's something different. I think that there's, and, and by the way, there's research, a lot of research by uh, Martin Seligman, who studied positive psychology, that tells us that people are actually biologically wired, where some people just do a lot better with having a more positive outlook in life. But that doesn't mean you can't learn to have a positive outlook, which is why he brought up the whole um, subject, the whole arena of positive psychology. Um, 
So there are some people who are going to be able to look at situations and not get as down from them. I think that when you talk about grit, it's a matter of stick-to-itiveness, that you don't give up as quickly, mm-hmm. that you're more persistent. That's the way I read it anyway. Yeah, okay. And so what we're talking about is really not so much as a stick-to-itiveness, uh, but of things happen uh, – it's more and of you like don't a, let it get you down. You not, don't like take it like, oh my god, it's the worst thing in the world, and you know, um, yeah. y- you you can't recover from it. Yeah, and I feel like we're talking a little bit about just basic scheduling and expectation setting. So to your point, if you if you're trying to do date night at six o'clock, uh, and say let's just say your spouse doesn't get home until five forty five, right, at right. night, like that just seems like a crazy mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. attempt at you know solving that problem, right. Um, so a lot of times because your spouse is the closest person to you, they are the ones that get to hear about all of your frustrations. And sure. this is something we've talked about in the past. Sure. And so going back to say, um, you know, wanting to lose weight and you hurt your back or whatever, um, how can you be supportive or how can you make sure that you are supportive of your spouse uh, when you hear them making the complaints that they are and and you know and they are valid right like they hurt their back like they 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 had this goal you knew it was a sincere aspiration of theirs but they are frustrated they're taking it out you want to be supportive how can you do that without uh it it turning ugly or negative or preachy or whatever else that might get um spun the wrong way Well, I think the most important thing, initially at least, is to be validating and to let the person know that you really do understand, um, that it is frustrating, that it is upsetting, that it is disappointing, you know, because that's going to calm the emotions down. Now, if the person goes on and on and on and on, um, number one, as the person hearing it, you're going to get frustrated. It's going to be like, are you kidding me? Really? How many times are we going to go through this? And it's not really good for the person who's doing the complaining because all that's doing is biologically looping it that they're going to get stuck in that same pattern. And so you may have to very nicely say to your partner, look, I understand you're disappointed and you're right. It is disappointing. And, you know, I, I, wish there was a magic way I could make it different for you. However, it is what it is. We can change this. And for you to continue moaning about it or being upset about it isn't helping you anymore. So let's think about some other ways we can, in in the way that we can redirect your energy or set some other goals or, you know, think about other ways that you might be able to, you know, lose some weight um, that wouldn't put a strain on your back, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the point is, I think that it not only to help your own frustration, but to help your partner, it after a certain amount of time, you need to lovingly tell them it's enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and you know, and and I mentioned at the top of that question about it's because you're closest that you hear these frustrations. Mm-hmm. Also, because you're closest, you will hopefully be able to be the person who is able to tell them enough. Right. 
Right. Um, if you find out that your spouse isn't supportive or is making things worse by their criticisms, even if it's justified. So let's say that um, you have to spend money for fixing your car and your spouse gets upset because you didn't do the maintenance and therefore the repair costs twice as much now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of taking your, your, your couple goal of saving money off track. How can uh, a couple resolve that solution, get back on their goal and not play this blame game? Because there clearly was somebody who was at fault where one spouse was saying like, hey, you need to you know, do the oil change. They didn't do it. And all of a sudden they've, you know, seized their engine or whatever the cause, you know, the solution or result might have been. Okay, I though I can't swear to this, my guess would be that the person who screwed up is going to feel bad also, is going to feel bad anyway. Sure. So there's not going to be a lot of benefit, and this is going to be really hard now. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be a lot of benefit in now blaming the person and berating them and getting all upset because they're going to feel lousy. Your blaming is going to get them more upset and defensive, and now you're likely to go down a track that is just going to spiral negatively and, you know, go back and forth and back and forth in a bad way. So, but what do you do about the fact that, yes, it was negligent or irresponsible or any other number of things, and you and you have this upset about the fact that, it has um, detoured you off this common goal. So again, you know, using the model that I use so often, you can say, look, I know that you didn't mean to do what you did, that you're very busy and you just didn't get around to it. But when you didn't do the regular oil change, like, you know, you said you would, and we now ended up with, you know, this astronomical bill, and now we can't take the trip we had planned, it really makes me upset. It really makes me feel like, you know, we got cheated. Mm -hmm. So that way you're getting your feelings out. You haven't done a major, you know, you (laughs) disgusting, annoying, horrible person. The other person is likely to say, yes, you know, you're right. I I shouldn't have. I'm really sorry. So now you're going to at least get the person taking responsibility. And then you have to say, okay, you know, what can we do to make sure that in the future you you do do this? What can we do to revise our plans so that it, you know, we we can get to do something? Because remember the more important goal is to have a relationship that is respectful and where you are connecting and communicating and that is really the bigger goal. I'm I'm yeah, I'm going to I'm going to probe this one a little bit. Um in in something you just said, the goal is to be respectful and and whatnot within the relationship and you could easily argue that by not pulling your weight, being responsible, taking care of one of your assets that that was not being respectful mm-hmm. of the relationship. Um, so is it just one of these things where you just kind of accept that and acknowledge it and move forward? Well, again, it's done. What yeah. are you going to do? You yeah. know, 
you know, it, it it's like there are times my husband has, let's say, I don't even remember what it was, but let's say he got a ticket, okay, mm-hmm. and it was an expensive ticket. Is there going to be any good in my saying, I can't believe you got that $100 ticket? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so we'll say something like, you know, like I'll make a joke about it. I mean, he feels bad enough about it. Yeah. He doesn't like to you know, piss away a hundred dollars. Sure. So I'll just say something, you know, I'll say something like, okay, you know, well, um, you know, and then maybe I'll make a joke and say something like, um, you know, um, so I guess tonight, you know, it, it, I mean, it's a little passive aggressive, but like, I guess tonight we'll just, you know, we'll have pizza. It's okay. You know, yeah. but you know, it, it's done. There's I, no, what more can you do? Yeah. That being said, if it happens as a pattern in threes that's right <laughs> or then more. i think that you have every right to go to the person and say look the last thing i want to do is be a nag but the, on a number of occasions this is occurring and the end result is blah 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 and i'm sure you, you don't mean it to be happening but it's now having a negative effect on our vacation plans, mm-hmm. on my feelings, on our relationship, and we really need to to give some thought to this. I, I you know, I really like the idea of looking at the trend uh, as opposed to the one-offs because uh, I, you know, I need to get my obligatory sports analogy in here. One of the one of the things that is frequently said in sports is that you need to have a short memory. Mm. The last play happened. You can't right. go back and undo that play. So right. what are you going to do on the next play? And so the same things that we're talking about. But if you continue to run the same offense and the defense continues to stop it, you need mm-hmm. to start running different plays right. <laughs> or you're never right. going to move the ball. Right. And that's the same thing here. And one of the things that um, my spouse and I kind of do, and more I would say for like um, broader goals, usually financial goals, things of that nature. We do like a marriage audit Mm -hmm. where we look at things, look at where we are, where we want to go. And we look at bigger trends and we use software um, to like track our spending. We do all sorts of things. And a lot of times we don't realize what we've done until we've given it that big cursory overview Mm -hmm. and said like, oh, wow, we actually spent way more on this or that. Or, wow, we were actually saving quite a bit of money on that thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's one of these things where it's it, there's a mindfulness to this process where you you can avoid the fights if if as you as you've been saying, first and foremost, understand that no they're not intentionally trying to screw up or waste money or blow a hundred dollars on a speeding ticket. Um, but when it becomes habit, there is definitely something that can and should be done. Right. Um, I do have a follow-up to all this. If you are the person who has done this, what would be an appropriate response from their standpoint? Just a, just a simple apology and like, I'm going to really try to do better and then follow it through with actions? Is that, is yeah, that the best yeah. and only thing or that they really need if, to do? if the person says, you know, I, I promised that I was going to, you know, change the oil regularly. And what I realize is it's not that I purposely didn't do it. I think that my schedule is such that it's not realistic. I'm, I'm just not going to get to it. And I think we need to look at how can we get this done? Mm-hmm. You know, is there is there money in our budget? 
you know, for me to bring it to an inexpensive place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sometimes you think what you're doing is saving time or money or whatever, and what you really figure out is if you had just, you know, maybe outsourced that little thing, uh, mm-hmm. that you would have been much better off the whole time. Right. So, you know, I, I think, but again, you see, it's really hard to admit you've done something wrong when your spouse is attacking you mm. um, and making you feel like, you know, you're the, the biggest goof off, you know, around or the most inadequate person around. I think that's a great point because you're right. Um, when your spouse feels like they're going to get attacked, it's going to be much more difficult for oh, them to open up. So they need to feel safe around you yes. to, to acknowledge what they're doing. And it's only when they acknowledge what they have done that they are going to be willing to make some change in the future. Correct. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So then the, uh, the last thing I wanted to kind of get at here is life isn't fair sometimes. <laughs> no, it's uh, not. There are occasions when it's not just one thing. But it might be two or three or four things that all happen uh, back to back to back, um, derailing not just one goal that you might have had in mind, but multiple goals. So you hurt your back and your car breaks down and knock on wood, uh, you lose your job all at the same time, um, Mm -hmm. you know, whichever order. And it has put a a major crink in things. Um, When the world seems against you, what can couples do to prevent from turning on each other? <sighs> That's a hard one. Because it will escalate, right? Like we talk, oh, what yeah. we've been talking okay. about is, you know, well, that, you know, I understand you didn't try to do that or you hurt your back. Okay. Um, but when something like this happens where it's a series of catastrophes, um, it's not just stress on one person that the other one feels. It's stress on both. Well, you know, and, and, and here's the other thing. During times of stress, people revert back to old patterns and many times those old patterns are not the most effective patterns. So a couple can have learned lots of good tools and ways to communicate and, you know, be really on track with each other. And then a situation like you're talking about happens or even one stressor and, you know, boom, everything that they learn goes out the window. Mm-hmm. My feeling is, and this is hard, is for a couple to just keep talking to each other, to be there for each other, to hear, I'm afraid, I'm angry, um, it's not fair, um, I'm scared, you know, I said I'm afraid, you know, all the different feelings that may be there and take turns hearing each other and the other person being supportive. Um because you know you are the closest to each other hopefully and you know each other really well and if you can feel that the other person is there to hold that space for you where you can talk your feelings and not get annoyed at you or say you know well that's ridiculous or whatever that's going to be extremely helpful mm-hmm so and 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 to let each other know that it will pass it will pass yeah it it, it is one of those things where it can bond you closer together through yes. this adversity or it could really start fraying 
things that have already been building up or something. Yes. And you mentioned the stress. We also know that stress, when people are under great stress, they typically don't think as clearly as as when they aren't under stress. So Right, right. uh, So just keep that in mind too because I just – I, I say this and I've said this on multiple podcasts and I, I continue to repeat it because I feel like just having that knowledge of that fact, even mm-hmm. if you can't control it, makes you more thoughtful about how you respond to things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm 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 fur- like I know I'm not thinking clearly, I'm furious or whatever, and I know this is uh somewhat of counterintuitive, but just knowing that y- you're not in the right frame of mind helps you when you're not in not the right frame of mind. Absolutely. No, no, no. You happen to be right. You happen to be right. If you can say to your partner or even to yourself, I, I'm not thinking clearly right now, you, you don't feel that you have to make as many decisions. You'll, you know, you'll put them off. You'll be a little bit more compassionate toward yourself. And to your partner, um, you'll be a little bit more um, understanding of what they're going through. You won't it, – it, it's, it's just absolutely a benefit to be able to acknowledge your own stress and the stress of the other person. And once you do that, that will also help you sit down and perhaps come up with, okay, is there some way that we can – you know, get some support from other people. Uh, is there some way we can problem solve some of these things? Uh, so the more that you can acknowledge the feelings and, um, you know, be there for each other, the easier it will be. Mm-hmm. And even doing that uh, shows a certain level of vulnerability to your oh, spouse, yeah. sure. which I would argue acts as some as, as, a, as a tiny little fragment of bonding, like oh, oh they felt they felt safe enough with me to let me know that they don't feel like they're thinking straight, which is a hard thing to admit to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I'm not in the right state of mind to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. And by the way, the vulnerability with each other as a couple will bond them. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, the big question. Anything else to add? Well, again. I mean, it's, we started the podcast with this, but I want to end it with this. Okay. What one has to expect in life is that there are going to be challenges and obstacles. Um, and don't get blown over when they happen. Just know that that's part of life. And when you try to make any changes, that they're not going to be constantly um, – in a positive direction, that there's going to be slippage, that there's going to be, you know, um, uh, some setbacks. And if you expect it that way, then when they happen, again, it isn't going to ruin the day or the week or, you know, make you feel like you're a failure. And that allows you to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Okay. We will leave it there. That was fantastic. Uh, So thank you so much, Karen. (laughs) Thank you, Steve. Uh, I want to remind everybody that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Schreiber, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. 
Karen is the co-author of Merrick Magic. Find it, keep it, and make it last. Uh, you can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Uh, you can find this info at our website, hitchedmag.com. Uh, I would encourage you to follow us on the social platform because uh, it's an easy way to stay up to date on the latest content. Uh, I would also encourage you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter uh, that gives you a roundup of the content that we put out each week, including the latest podcast episode. Um, And if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, give a gander at our wine club. Uh, that is a wine club that we created with our partner Touring and Tasting specifically designed for couples and each wine includes or each shipment of wine includes date night ideas so the concept behind it was we wanted to send you a reminder to slow down and reconnect with your spouse on an ongoing basis so um, hopefully you check that out and by the way the wines are amazing Uh, and there's multiple price levels for uh, everybody's budget Uh, so with that uh, I want to thank you one last time thank you so much Karen thank you Steve and until next time take care everybody 